Welcome to the Messy Middle podcast and radio show presented by Mother and Founder Co. Each month, guests are invited to share their version of the messy middle and the lessons they've learned along the way. Whether you're in the messiness of growing a business, healing from trauma, or navigating the wild world of parenting, this show is a must. We are excited to celebrate the messiness of life and business with you. And now, let's settle in as host Jen Burwell connects us with today's guests. Well, hello again. I feel like I say this every episode, but today I am so, so excited. We are going to talk about the messiness of entrepreneurship, mental health, relationships, marriage, parenting, basically everything we're going to try to get to in today's episode. But I have two of my most favorite people in the whole world in studio with me. We have Kayla Izzard and Andy Izzard, founders of The Raft Project. You're so nice. (laughs) Welcome. I'm so excited. Really. I I mean, I'm really, truly mean that. Um, You guys are are special people and my audience is going to quickly understand why. So I always like to start every show with just give us some ground level, context, who you are, where you came from. So tell us just a little bit about where you grew up, your childhood, and who would like to go first? I see some pointing to Kayla. Oh, yeah. I've been voluntold. (laughs) Here we are. Yeah. So I'm Kayla Izzard. I am a a Phoenix native born at St. Joe's. I'm almost 30. Not quite 30. I was born at St. Joe's. Dude, I I feel like every baby that is a native is basically born born at St. Joe's. It must have been the only hospital. I think, yeah. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Like, are you pregnant? Saint <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, born and raised here. My background is in branding, marketing, but I have taken a little break from that to be become a mom. And uh, our son is two. Mm-hmm. And so now it's time to to get back out there and pursue something that I absolutely love. So I'm excited. I think thank you so much for having us on. We are so excited to be yeah. here. Oh my gosh. We've talked so about welcome. it at least once a day since you. Since and thought asked. about it more. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel so honored. That's that's amazing. I'm so excited. I same. I've been really, really excited for this conversation. So Andy, tell us about you. Same. Born and raised Arizona. I think St. Joe's too. Really? But I don't know. It's been a while since I checked the birth certificate. But mm-hmm. Kayla says yes. So it was fate. Yeah. It was destiny. <laughs> they marketed themselves well, evidently. Yes, but they did. Yeah. I we were both homeschooled. So that was kind of a little weird thing about us got my degree in psychology and mm-hmm. proceeded to work outside of psychology. So yeah, kind of did a bunch of different stuff. And now we're doing something I actually really, really love. And it's really exciting. I know we're going to get to it. I promise it's so exciting to talk <laughs> about. But before we get there, I want to talk about a little bit of your guys's journey through entrepreneurship and maybe the last, I don't know, seven-ish years or so. So first, Kayla and I met um, at Max 6, actually at a local place in Tempe. You were working for an agency. Yeah. Um, and I've told you this story before, but I just feel like <laughs> I need to share it again. There was this one time, and I don't remember exactly what we were working on. Kayla was working on some copy for, for the company I was working for. And she just walked into the room with just this presence <laughs> that was incredible. And her talent, like she, she, you're like one of those people that just like oozes talent. So I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know who this girl is, but I want to be your best friend. And she's amazing. And I just have admired your work literally from that day. You just do incredible things. So that's how Kayla and I got to know each other. I love this podcast. (laughs) I'm really enjoying this. If you ever need to just get pumped up, just come (laughs) sit for an hour. And then 
through that, Andy, you started a business and I'll let you share that story, but that's how I first met you is you were this kind (laughs) person who came to help you did window washing at the time, but you had the biggest smile on your face and you took the time to connect with people. And so I usually saw you, I was working later at night. Like that's when I typically saw you. And, and one time you scared yeah. the crap out of me, <laughs> but because you just came in and I, I didn't know what was going on, but I just really noticed like your intentionality to connect with, with humans was just so refreshing. And it felt like you genuinely care. And now that I know you even better, I know that that I genuinely freaking care. Yes, 100% (laughs) the truth. So let's start with a story with, you know, you were working for your agency. Andy, what were you doing at the time? When did you get into your window cleaning business and what did that look like? So I'd worked in high-rise window cleaning a while ago, but then I had a back injury that that kicked me out of that for a while. So I started doing just um, a lot less manual labor in my job and I was Mm -hmm. bored. So I just kind of picked up window cleaning as a hobby and then I decided, I'm like, well, let's let's go for it. Why not? It's time to renew my my other license. I'm like, let's let's just go. Not realizing what I was getting into at all. <laughs> so I told Kayla, I I want a window cleaning business, and she's like, I will build you the best window cleaning <laughs> business. That is a fact. And you want a cookie? I get you a cookie. She gave me a cookie. <laughs> yep. So I was on board. Like, yeah, let's let's go try this new idea that I am excited about and have no idea what it entails, but let's do it. And Kayla got me set up, and I started in on the wonderful adventure with the highs and lows that is entrepreneurship. So yeah, that's probably when you saw me outside your window a few mm-hmm. times at all hours of the day and night. Mm-hmm. In the summer, in the winter. Yeah, Max 6 was my my staple throughout the year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just a quick like curiosity question. So when you're doing like high rise window cleaning, how do you not fall off of the building? And do you like use the suction cups like they see in movies or like how does it work? Ooh. That's a good question. Very carefully. But uh, <laughs> so there's a couple different ways of doing it. But what I did was basically tie on to anchors to the top and rappel off the building. So there's always two ropes, two anchors. That face, that face is the correct face. Oh, to my yeah. yeah. I you- loved it. But Kayla, Kayla was not oh. as much of a fan. She hates heights. I love heights. So the one time I brought her to watch me jump off a building downtown, she's like, God, no. no. You're insane. You're an insane person. Do you like rock climbing? I would love to, but I never learned. And mm-hmm. I've always been a little bit less than financially ready to jump in and, yeah, and get all the gear and learn it. But I'd love to. Yeah, because you love the outdoors, right? And, and height is peaceful for me. Just as a kid, I would always like climb up in a tree to escape whatever I was mm-hmm. feeling. So we'll probably get into that at some point. Yeah. But yeah, heights were always my happy place. No one else but me just rocking in a tree. That's so awesome. Yeah. It's so cool to like think back of like what we intuitively did as children was like our happy places. And then to like think about, wow, we, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, children don't know what they're doing. We have to teach them everything. But Mm. they are very wise little beings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So talk to me about... The messiness, like, let's get real for a second. What? It's our favorite way to get in. For just a millisecond. (laughs) (laughs) So what was going on while you were building this window cleaning business? Why are you guys not still building the best window cleaning business in the world, which I believe you could if you wanted to, but like, where was the shift and what was really happening? A breakdown, I think, is what was going on with Mm -hmm. me. I didn't realize it at the time, but... Basically, that was probably the start or the tipping point of my prolonged breakdown. Mm -hmm. So 
I really just didn't know how to handle emotions, really, like how mm-hmm. to process them through. So what happens is they just kind of stack up, stack up, stack up, and I would ignore them. And eventually the stack just became more than I could functionally continue operating with. So, yeah. so the business actually was a huge, it was a huge plus for me because it gave me the space to have days off, mm-hmm. to shuffle the schedule when I needed to, especially with, you know, the commercial accounts, like I can do this tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to sit alone today and try and process, you know, yeah. successfully or unsuccessfully. But, yeah. but yeah, that was, there was the lowest point for us in our marriage, for me personally. Yeah. So, I mean, you were super depressed. It was a crapshoot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, like the business gave space to process, but, you know, as we all know, business is extremely stressful. Mm -hmm. So, I think while it was like a trade off, the flexibility for so much like execution work that I think later on we found out he probably has ADHD. And it was just like, it was just burying him in the Mm -hmm. like executive function, like self-led, you know, very difficult. (laughs) The the things I have the most difficulty with are the most critical to making money. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So And you don't really care about making money. That's the other (laughs) thing. Or windows. I like people. So I would sacrifice oodles of time, energy, and money to do what I like love to do and Mm -hmm. felt right about doing and like... Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> expenses not sustainable. took us backseat, I think. Yeah, for sure. So Kayla, how were you handling all of this during this period of time? I don't think I've ever asked that question. I, we've, we've, Andy Ooh, and I have talked a lot about that's a good question. what was happening with him, but what was going on in your world? Like, how were you processing all of this? I went through a lot of very lonely times. Mm-hmm. Like I did have people that were there for me and strong for me, but like, you know, when your husband's, talking suicide and Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that like you're I found myself like planning alternative futures just in case Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and it's really really hard Mm -hmm. and then you don't want to tell your friends that because like they know him and you don't want to embarrass him because he's not you know comfortable sharing and stuff like that so it it is really lonely and I I did a lot of journaling and I I got to places you know probably once every year where I'm like that's it like, mm-hmm. I'm out. Like, let's mm-hmm. separate our bank accounts. Like, I can't do this. I can't pay for, you know, all the the inpatient stuff that you think you want. And, like, it was just really, really tough. And, you know, we were making very little money. And then something inside me would just bring me back and be like, you need to trust him. You need to let him go through this. Like, you need to just understand that it'll be okay mm-hmm. coming out the other side. And it was like three, four years, but it was eventually. And it is now. And I'm so grateful for that because it was, it was a crapshoot there for a minute. We, for I, like, sure. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah but it, I'm, but I'm so grateful because he's like my favorite person in the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't imagine what, what would have happened if I had just like pulled out and called it quits. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the last episode, we talked a lot about my personal journey with my husband. So this hits home very close but I what keeps coming out for me is like the day that I married my husband I said for better or worse and Mm -hmm. I like really meant it obviously there are times where it just isn't gonna work and like that there's no judgment or shame around that at all but for me it's like well how would I want him to show up for me when he is so lost and it's like (laughs) like you I don't want to equate this to a child because he's not my child obviously but like you don't just abandon people Mm -hmm. who desperately need you in times of need and I think 
it's interesting because there have even been moments in my own short journey where I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I can't handle this. Yeah. And like, I've got to figure out a plan because you go into like protect self-preservation mode. And also for, especially now, you know, I had children, I have children, didn't not pass since <laughs> they're still here. Thank goodness. <laughs> it's like, I've got to protect them. Right. Yeah. But yeah. to your point, like I can't imagine a future without him and I can't imagine just letting someone suffer and be so lost and be like, well, yeah, figure it out. See you later. Yeah. I think one thing for me was like, I saw him trying. Yeah. I saw him putting in the effort. Mm-hmm. He has always loved me, mm-hmm. even Love though he wasn't always mm-hmm. like the most nice to me. Like he was never, he never vilified me. He never made mm-hmm. me like feel bad about you know what I mean? Like he yeah. he never like abused me emotionally and stuff like that. And then I saw him like just show this man is one of the most like ballsy, strong <laughs> motherfuckers. Mm. He will show up every day and like he gets hit in the head with a two by four emotionally. <laughs> and he like, you know, and he's back. He's back up. He's like, I can do this all day, Captain America. And <laughs> and so like I watched that over and over week after week. And like he never gave up. And so I never gave up either. And I think not everyone has that luxury of having a partner who's like just so committed to the marriage, so committed to yeah. the family that like they will not give up. And I, so I love you. Yeah. Like, yeah, that Aww. that's never been a question of like, oh man, maybe I maybe I just, just make it with someone should else. Have someone better. Yeah. I'm like Nah, you're, you're, you're it. Like you're, you're the top. So, but yeah, I just, I feel incredibly grateful for you sticking with me. But I'd also just say that like, I don't think I had deserved that. Mm. And I would say that it might be different for other people. I, I so I, I just want to say like, I feel really fortunate. I was extended more grace than I had earned. And mm. And like, even just in terms of a marriage, like, I wouldn't say that's right for everyone. Yeah, this so, isn't our plug sure. for staying with an abusive. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. right. <laughs> We're not trying to go down that path at no, all. No. But I have a question on that. Um, how do you get past? Because what I feel or what I'm experiencing from my own relationship is there's a tremendous amount of guilt and unworthiness, like feeling mm. like I'm not worthy for the grace that you're granting me. And in my mind, it's like, I have my own boundaries, right? Like, I'm real clear. Like, and and mm-hmm. he's putting in the work. Like, there's no abusiveness going mm-hmm. on. Those sorts. There's clear. Oh, my gosh. I almost <laughs> just spilled water all over. Everything. What do we say about water about <laughs> no. the equipment? No. Uh, but I, I, so I have clear boundaries there. But it's this constant, like, feeling of guilt mm-hmm. and unworthiness where I'm like, no, man, like, just take it. Like, right now, like, accept the offer. Because I feel like the guilt is almost getting in the way of, like, the healing piece. So how mm-hmm. did you overcome that, Andy? <laughs> Years, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, have you overcome it? Because if you say you have, I'm going to call bullshit. <laughs> Ooh, that's interesting because I would have said that I think I have. I mean, so I think it's a lot better, bullshit. so go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in that one, though. Because, yeah, I, it's funny because I think I was kind of flip-flopped mm. because I thought you sure as hell deserve. Yeah, like, you were pretty like, entitled. You do owe me well. because yeah. for, uh, like— I was like, for better or worse, you know, because I thought, so, okay, just a little context, right? So the window cleaning business, not making a bunch of money because Andy's weakest skill sets during breakdown and just a general inability to to do the job Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it needed to make money. So I needed therapy. I was going through a breakdown in a 12-step program and I was basically like, sponsor doesn't need therapy. I need therapy. Let's let's do it. Swipe Mm -hmm. the card. 
So I was racking up debt for us at an unsustainable rate. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, in my mind at that time, like, this is the deal. Like, I do it for you. You do it for me. This is the deal. Mm. But I really felt like she owed it to me to, like, stay to the end where I, you know, to yeah. the end. I mean, for me, that looked like suicide at some point, probably, which I would disagree with now. And at this point, I feel like I have a much more, I would think, reasonable view of like, okay, there are limitations. And mm-hmm. I didn't have a good idea of her boundaries. She had a good idea of her boundaries, I believe. Maybe. I developed a good idea. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't. So I'm like, this is the deal. We're together. So yeah. since then, I've started to realize I'm like, okay, within constraints, right? Within yeah. healthy boundaries. And yeah. like, especially having a kid now, mm-hmm. like, Mm. Yeah, we didn't have a kid when we went through all this. Yeah. And that would have changed a lot of things, I think. So at this point, I wouldn't say I feel guilt about my shortcomings where it's like, it's an Andy season. It's like this quarter is Andy. This Mm. quarter is Kayla. This year is Kayla. Mm. This year is Andy. So I feel like at this point, I do, I'm able to support her in a way that I couldn't have at the time. Mm. Um, But yeah, I would love to hear your take on that. Yeah, you're you're 100% right. And what you just said, I would just say like, to Jen's question about the guilt, like you still apologize to me for like taking up my time, quote unquote. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. after we'll have a conversation, you're like, I feel like shit today. Like you're like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, you know, and I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like, it's fine. Like we're, that's what we're doing. Sorry. I'm not feeling good today. You're like, you don't have to feel good. Good every day. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So interesting. Thank you. It's helpful. This is like my own therapy session. So I appreciate no, I mean, that. <laughs> and somehow our own too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about this on the drive home. Yeah. Oh, we'll, be, we'll be talking about this on the drive. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is some really great context because what we just did, I think for a lot of people probably feels really vulnerable, right? And granted that we know each other and we have some context. It's but so we, vulnerable. But we do oh, have yeah. microphones and cameras and lights in front of our face. It's live. Yeah. And it's live. Like all the things. But I so this I want to bring in the raft project because I think there's a piece of vulnerability that happens there, but it's such a special project community that you guys are building. So if you could, let's just explain what it is because I think everyone in the world needs to know about it and have the opportunity to do kind of sort of some version of what we just did more or less. But explain to me, what is the raft project? Yeah, I mean, first of all, thank you so much for saying that because we we kind of agree, at least for us. <laughs> um, yeah, so so in 2018, when Andy was in the middle of his breakdown and we were in the middle of entrepreneurship, we were like, we're dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we would go to networking events and stuff and be like, we're dying. But you can't say that at a networking event. It's no. like not received well. Um, <laughs> yeah. So okay, Tell no, me about not. your business win. <laughs> Can yeah. I tell you that I'm barely breathing today there and it I is. just showed up? So Dependability. I will definitely uh, be there for you, though, uh, if you were yeah. to hire me. So, <laughs> like, we're all good, but, like, I'm not okay. It's You just yeah. doesn't. No. And so we would go into these spaces and stuff and just be like, we cannot be the only ones dealing with this. This is freaking stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, And come to find out, like, after a couple conversations, we weren't. There just wasn't a place that we saw until you got to a certain like income threshold in your business to like get real and like talk Mm -hmm. to people and get asked for help. You know what I mean? And so we spent like, I was like, you know what? I think I can fix this. Let's see. (laughs) Let's see if we can. So we got some really brilliant entrepreneur friends of ours who became really close friends after that process. Who had also opened up and shared their vulnerability. Correct. Mm -hmm. And we just like came together and we're like, 
we got to fix this. Like, what can we do? And so we came up with, you know, some, some systems, some frameworks for conversations. And we started running meetings, like support meetings. Um, and we did that for like three years. And then we had our baby and COVID hit. Go ahead. Support meetings, just because that, that's such a broad term. Like sure. specifically, one thing that I learned kind of in my 12-step process was the the amazing like relief for me that came from their communities. So mm-hmm. in the program I was in, every day you make three phone calls. So you make one to your sponsor, one to someone that you like need to draw from, and someone that you need to give to. So mm-hmm. every day you're making three phone calls and you want to spread them out to different people. So it's just basically a check-in with someone who is going relatively the same direction. Um, Specifically, you know, for that point, it was about addiction. But that gave me life like I had never mm-hmm. experienced before to have a contact list in my phone of people that yeah. I'm like, it's a shit day. Like, I'm calling people. Mm-hmm. And they could help talk me through it and like get me back to some stability. So yeah. meetings, uh, the reason we, you know, started initially with meetings is like the power of people who are in a similar boat Mm-hmm. going after a similar thing or at least can just be there to support and hold you when you need help and know that you're going to do the same for them. So it's that really good. that was the <laughs> Yeah. Well done. Cool. Yeah. That was what started the meetings. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And I think just having people in your phone that you can reach out to is such a gift that sometimes if you have a big community you take for granted, but mm-hmm. I think what hit home for me is one of the stories that you guys actually shared on your social media that you asked the question, like when you're having a bad day or something mm-hmm. hard happens, who do mm-hmm. you tell? And it was a large percentage. That was like 40, 40, 40% or something like that. Yeah. Was no one. Was yeah. no one. Yeah. No one. I mean, at least for the people we pulled. Yeah. Right. Which is, cr- which is, the thing is, it's crazy when you hear it, but it's actually not it's completely understandable because mm-hmm. like we all we all live here, at least, you know, us three live in America and like we've lived in America all our lives. And it at least here and I'm not going to speak for the rest of the world, but like we don't talk about shit. And it's mm-hmm. if you do talk about it, it gets weird like it can. Yeah, for sure. It's especially very vulnerable, I, especially with men. Yes, yeah, for sure. And I think I think tell me if you agree with this. It feels like the tide is shifting a bit but it not at the pace that it needs to, right? I feel like there's more men suffering in silence than the shift that's happening. And I'm really fearful for men of all ages, mm-hmm. but also like our younger generations who've mm-hmm. gone through a lot of different things. Um, even, you know, people our age who we had like for me, so I graduated college in 06, 05 actually. Oh gosh, I don't even know. But um, I came out of college. The Great Recession hit. I was in real estate and interior design. Uh, I went and worked for a nonprofit. They did their first ever layoffs in the history of the organization. I mean, thankfully I wasn't laid off, but I had to go through that experience. uh, And then as when I turned 18, we had 9-11. Then we like, uh, if you think about all the series of things and then the pandemic, uh, raising kids, like kids under five during the pandemic, I don't even, and I mean, not even under five, like school age kids trying to go. Anyways, my point of all of that is there's a lot of hurting people. And so it's odd to me that we have this collective experience and no one can talk about it. Right. It is. It's like eerie. It's (laughs) counterintuitive. Yeah. Because, because if I were to walk down the street during school hours, during the pandemic and knock on doors and be like, hey. Are you like strongly 
not okay, <laughs> slightly not okay, fine, you know, are really great. Like, I think the answer would not probably cross above medium for mm-hmm. most people. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. But when you see them on the street, smile, wave, look at the cute mm-hmm. dog who's all groomed up, you're like, you are not where I am at today. <laughs> right, right. But they probably are. And that's the thing that I've learned because I used to think like growing up, I used to think everybody's fine. Like, what what are we talking What's about? What's my problem? What's my problem? And like, I'm not like people don't need my help. They're fine. Mm-hmm. They're doing it. And like the more, you know, in my almost 30 years of living, like I'm like, no one is fine. No one. No is one is fine. fine. At any given time, everyone's going through something. I had no idea. It's so true. And it, it almost takes some either an experience in your life or a tragedy or something for people to start to reveal themselves. Because for me, it's been him. Like he, he comes into my life and like all of my friends I've known for like 10 years. And he's like, man, like I had no idea they were struggling like that. I was like, what are you talking about? What are you t- what are you talking about? And they're just like, they just heart to heart. Right. Like. And like people just open up to him like mm. nothing I've ever seen. It's like he has I care about you written on his forehead and people can just tell. And so I watch people like just un- unravel themselves with him. And I, I'm like, I've known you for 15 years. I didn't know you were on antidepressants. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So where does that come from, Andy? Like, how do you have this magical ability? He's a unicorn. I, I, I know my mom would have an answer. <laughs> Should we phone uh, a friend? She said no. she says it was like from birth. She, she says as say a baby, that, yeah. mm. like people would just like stop by his stroller and like say hi. And I wanted to say hi to them, evidently. So having mm. no recollection of infancy, like <laughs> evidently, I just wanted to be friends with people, and I just wanted to talk to people. Um, I think I, I my family is kind of a a strange mix because they're both very emotional, my mom and my dad. Mm -hmm. My dad isn't very, at the time at least, wasn't very comfortable with his emotions, but very emotional. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get that beat out of me as as Mm -hmm. a young boy, I don't think. Mm -mm. Um, So yeah, so stuff around emotions still working through, but like it was a very non-sterile environment. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting though that you have this like, Ability to be super empathetic and connect with humans, but and yet, when we started, you were talking about your breakdown starting from like emotion stacking, stacking, not knowing how to process emotion. So, how is there that disconnect of like you can connect intuitively, know like what people are feeling, and understand and relate to their emotions, but you didn't know what or how to process your emotions? Like, how did that? How do you reconcile that in your head? That's interesting. I think there are tools, like mm-hmm. legitimate tools that would help you kind of work through understand and like resolve certain emotions um, Mm -hmm. or at least just work through the process of them and accept them or not but I didn't I didn't have that skill set and I don't think really many people in my circle growing up had that skill set yeah but we all felt very strongly (laughs) so Mm -hmm. so I don't know I mean I'm curious on from your perspective Keila because I felt like when you first knew me I cared very deeply about everyone, for sure. Um, and I was always like, I, I would open up first. But I feel like my empathy skills were low because I was also kind of drowning. So I mean, mm-hmm. like, I would, I cared very deeply. I would listen, but I had that tendency to make it about me pretty quick. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think you you hit it on the nose when you said, like, you open up first, which I think, like, he, mm-hmm. he circumvents social norms like no one I've ever seen. Oh, and it yes, used to make me really norms. uncomfortable. But now it doesn't because I watch what happens when he does it and people just, like, melt. And I'm like, on this 
don't, I hope you don't kill me for bringing this up, but I I'm so curious <laughs> since we talked. You had, you were, you were noodling this idea oh, yeah. of not accepting business cards from people you didn't ask for. <laughs> Talking about social yeah. norms. So I just want to check in. Where are you with this? And have you found like what you're going to say or like how, where, where are we with this? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Cause I was honestly thinking about it the last couple of days, knowing that we were going to have this. I'm like the last time we spoke, I like, it was right on the way out the door. Yeah. I basically said, like, I don't think I'm going to accept business cards I didn't ask for. And Jen's like, what? how do you see that going? <laughs> it's <laughs> so. more of like the awkwardness. Like for me, I would rather just do something yeah. to like not make it awkward. But I respect so much that you were like, no, this is my boundary. And you weren't, it's not from a like unkind place. That's, that's what we were talking about is like, I how do you people. kindly do it, but still respect your boundary? Because you've decided that like, that's just not your jam. So, so I just wanted an update. This has caused me a lot of friction in my life, first of all. So take it with a grain of salt and decide if you like it. May wait five years and decide if I'm still doing it or not. But like, in general, when I see a system or something that is not working the way that I think it should be, I'm like, oh, that's not right. I won't do it. And a lot of systems exist that I think are not right, but are incredibly common. So so like, I, to me, like the feeling of... I want something from you. Take my business card. I'm like, mm, no. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. I don't think so. Thanks. <laughs> I don't take business cards I didn't ask for, but I appreciate it. It's making me so, cringe so much. Yeah, it it's is. making me uncomfortable too, <laughs> but I don't like it. I'm not going to do that to other people, mm -hmm. and I don't think that we should be doing it to each other. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to stop doing it, I think. <laughs> That's awesome. Sorry, Kayla. In advance. <laughs> I'm sorry for the discomfort I mean, that it will cause you, but I'm not sorry for taking a step in a direction I believe is right. But I'm sorry it's going to suck a few times. I am so with you, and I agree we should stop doing it because it's just ridiculous. But I'm not as bold as you, so I'll just, like, stand behind you. I'm That's like, what, what I you do. said. So yep. I think, like, in all fairness, like, I think I undiagnosed ADHD. Pretty damn sure got ADHD, but I don't have to pay for it. So mm -hmm. I, there are some people who might say nah. So I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm pretty short term in my vision. Mm -hmm. So just take it all with a grain of salt. <laughs> take what you like. Well, and but, yeah, you can't see the consequences of you doing certain which things. Which I think is a so gift, it, but it it's makes, also a vulnerability. Yeah, it <laughs> makes you so brave because you're yeah. like, nah, I, I, I don't I'm, know. I'm what not doing it. And I love, I would love like, that's the thing that I anticipate that I worry about is because there are people that I care about that will offer a business card out of habit. And I would love to let them down gently because I do really care about them. And it's not just like, eh, screw you. Can you replace it with like, oh, no, thanks. But let's grab coffee sometime. Oh, yeah. And that's what I was thinking. Like, if you want to text me, yeah, yeah text me. And they're like, I don't have your number because you didn't give me your card. Sure. Get your phone. I'll, I'll text you. That's okay. me. Like, I, I have no problem staying in touch if that's what someone wants to do. But that's not what usually what a business card means. It means yeah. buy from me. Yeah. Yeah. So, Or I'm going to spam you. On this, do you guys have business cards and do you intend to have or do you intend to have we them? We don't have them. And I haven't brought it up to Kayla <laughs> that I don't want to have them. I but think we did have that conversation because I was like, we? should I? make business cards and you were like no <laughs> okay i mean a lot of people there's so many digital ways to your point to stay mm -hmm. connected so there's a lot of businesses that are so you, i feel like you've got some friends in this camp <laughs> but switching gears just a little bit i could, I have so many more questions but <laughs> switching gears just a little bit uh kayla i want to focus on you for a minute and think about your journey 
when we kind of reconnected about a year ago, I would say, mm-hmm. um, and you started coming to some of my mastermind groups and different things, and we were talking, you're like, I don't know, I, th- I think I'm ready to start something, but I, I just, I'm not quite ready. Like, I have an idea percolating. So take us through that process of, like, how this idea, like, was really like, yep, this is it. How do I step into that CEO role? Because mm-hmm. you have supported hundreds, if not thousands of local businesses, maybe not even just local businesses. Yeah, not thousands, but yeah. I mean, maybe. Hundreds, definitely. So how did you, like, take us through that process of that switch and transition? I don't really use religious terms anymore, but it's been faith in mm-hmm. something. The I don't know what, but yeah, we stopped doing our entrepreneurial support meetings in 2021, I think because it was just too much with the baby and everything. And so it was just a time for me to really pull back and I think just focus on my kid and focus on our relationship. And we moved in that time. And then in early 2022, I just got this like sense. I think I'm an extremely intuitive person. um, And I just got the sense that like, this is your year. So I, I've always been interested in, in entrepreneurship. I love being in charge of things. I love being <laughs> bossy. Um, but really, I, I just love taking care of people. And I think leadership is a way that I do that. And so I just felt like it was time. And, and what that looked like, I had no idea. Mm. So I did a lot of personal development in Q1 mm. this year just trying to prepare and just was like waiting for the ideas. Like, mm-hmm. you remember I came to your mastermind yeah. and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to do something. Mm-hmm. And the timing feels right. Yeah, the timing was right. And I knew it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. I remember distinctly, like, I'm just waiting for the download and it's coming, but I'm not 100% yet. And right. I, I love that the ability for you to be patient and confident. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I'm like, it's so funny because I'm not a patient person at all. So this is like nails on chalkboard for me, but it always works. That's what mm-hmm. I was going to say. I'm like, I've got to plug her her patience and like die hard willingness to stick to what she thinks is right. Because I mean, it was, it was two years of stay at home, stay at home wife and And stay at home mom Mm. with no traction, no movement, no influence, no home, which Mm. drove her up the freaking wall. Not my jam. I respect it a ton, but I, I hate it personally. Yeah. Yes. I did my work. Yeah. How soon into that journey did you realize, like, uh, this might not be <laughs> oh, for me? Immediately. Like, immediately. <laughs> I think, yeah. It took me a year, like, after I quit my job and did the window cleaning business with him. It took me, like, a year to kind of, you know, recalibrate, find myself, you know, after college and after school. And, like, there's just a lot of conditioning influences, I think, especially on women. Hmm. But after that, I was like, okay, what are we doing? Like, let's get it going. I don't, like, I'm ready. And then it was, like, another three years. And I was, like, so by this year, I was so ready and so excited and full of (laughs) vinegar. And I'm so excited (laughs) because I finally get to do something. Yes. (laughs) I mean, and I think a lot of us have been waiting and watching, like, "Mm, they're going to do something big. (laughs) We just don't know quite what it is. So let's get into kind of some of the logistics and nuts and bolts of of the RAF project. Yeah. So how do you come to a meeting? What does it look like? Um, how often can you come? Like all of the details to kind of give our audience a little bit of idea of like what it looks like to be a part of the community. Yeah, I think I should probably say, because I haven't said this yet, uh, we started working on the framework for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And this year, I really felt like 
it was not supposed to be just for entrepreneurs. It was supposed yeah. to be just kind of like an open group for people who are kind of emotionally intelligent, kind of trying to do their work, trying to be in community kind of a thing. So we're excited about that for it just being, because I think, I don't know why we do this. Actually, I do. There's some definite benefits to support groups for a certain um, life stage or addiction or goal, Mm -hmm. because you can, if you're trying to move forward, you can kind of bounce off and get like industry specific, quote unquote, like advice Mm -hmm. for that specific thing. But for us, we are just like, it's just emotional support. It's just, hey, I see you. Mm -hmm. I see what you're going through. Maybe I've been through it. Maybe I haven't. Maybe I've been through something similar, but I've definitely felt the feeling that you're feeling Mm -hmm. at some point in my life. And I can have empathy for that. And like, I can just listen and say, good for you. And you're loved, right? So, so yes, like you said, we, our platform for doing that is meetings. And so it's on Zoom right now. We would like to do conferences eventually, but for now it's, it's Zoom meetings. And so we, we come in to a big group and we read through our, our like community guidelines, our framework, we call it of like how we're going to engage with each other in a safe way and try not to, you know, crush each other while we're being so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we break off into groups of four and we go through what we call our real R-E-A-L. And it's just a a system for connection so that everyone gets equal time. Everyone is able to ask for the feedback that they would like to receive. So we're not just like preaching at each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And so far it's, I mean, every time we run it, I'm honestly, and I'm not like, you know, trying to be arrogant or whatever, but it, people are incredible and the people Mm -hmm. that come into our groups are incredible and like just the wisdom that comes out of people and like the love is there and it just feels like pixie dust it feels like magic on those meetings and I love them I love being in them yeah for sure so can I share my perspective of meetings is it nice no (laughs) (laughs) oh is it nice well yes of course it's nice Um, so I um, got to attend a meeting last week, I think. And so I come from a perspective of knowing you guys, like we just talked about. Um, We've done some strategy work together. So I had a little bit of an inside, like insider's view of like what you were trying to build. I've, from the moment you guys have shared your idea, I have been like, yes, this is what we need. This is so amazing. But I, and I've also done a tremendous amount of my own personal work. I help people heal from trauma. Like there's like, I would say that I'm kind of a personal development junkie, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go to therapy, like big fan, like big fan of all the things. And so there was this little piece of me that was like, yeah, this is amazing. This is great. The world needs it. Mm. Oh, but I don't really, I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need it. Right. You're doing your work. But I'm like, I'm like, this is for people who don't maybe not have a community. Like I have a whole list of people I can call and all the things. Yeah. So, but I was like, no, I want to check it out because I really do like the framework. I love that you guys have a very specific way to make the community safe versus just saying like, this is a safe space and just (laughs) letting people like do whatever they want. Yeah. There's a very specific, and there's a specific process. Yeah. And for me, some of the little control freak in me likes that it's like confined like right yeah. it's like a very because because the last thing anyone wants is as empathetic as we can be and maybe I'm gonna sound like a real jerk here but like I can't listen to someone for an hour and a half oh facts and then be like all right well gotta go have a good one <laughs> yeah so so those are the things I really enjoyed so I joined my meeting last week or the week before 
and I cannot, I am not saying this. I'm like, this is my honest to God feedback is it was the highlight of my day, the highlight of my week, highlight of my month probably. And I got so much out of it because it's a different context than all the other support pieces. Sure. So it is truly incredible to be a part of a group where you know there's no alternative ulterior motives here, right? It's yeah. not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pretend to care about you and then I'm going to send you like, here's my services. Like all the things like that. That's not part of this community. And the feedback and support and ideas were incredible. And one of the people in our group, like we were talking about something that we had a similar experience and we we're like, you know, we could text each other. Yeah. And we're, we still text each other oh, and touch, share things. And it was just... High five for Jen. (laughs) And I swear to God, this is an honest account of it was, I can't even fully articulate it other than it's something different than what you experience in other places. And it's not a replacement. You guys are very clear about this. It's not a replacement for therapy or for all the other things. But it's this like addition that is like this thing that you know intuitively you need, but you don't consciously know that you need until you experience it. Yeah. So. My advice, like my advice for anybody who's thinking about joining the community but's feeling scared, right? Because vulnerability is scary for oh, a lot of people. Extremely. If it's not scary, it's not vulnerability. That's right. That's, that's so right. true. Because I mean, I was even really nervous getting right? on the call, like, oh gosh, what am like, what am I gonna say? What do I do? To... But what I just would really encourage somebody is to just try a meeting and mm. be open, even if you're like me, where you're like, oh, I'm good, I got it, and which is also a little crazy for me to think because we've gone through some serious stuff in the last three months. So for me to be like, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, but facts. Facts. So I don't know how else to say other than just try it. And I think we have a little bit of time. So what I'd like to do is give our audience just a quick little taste of what to expect from a meeting because sometimes that unknown can be a prevent a per- oh, like sure. prevent you from, from signing up. So yes. are you guys up for... Doing a reel. That sounds like Hell so yeah. much fun. How much time do we have? Okay, you know? so I think we have maybe like 10 minutes before we need to wrap. Perfect. Do uh, like a five-minute reel then? Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Can we just do like one minute already yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then like thinking. three minutes? Yeah. Love yeah. It. All right. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys to lead. Everyone's pointing at me. Yep. All right. Yeah. Voluntold. Voluntold. Running my reel. Should we do yours can or I Jen's? Ex- do you want to you do feeling a up one? For one? Yeah, that's fine. I don't Love have one it. in my head, but I'll, we'll just go with it. Yeah. Well, that's so the point. If you don't yeah. mind me, I'll set the stage for it, right? Yeah. So, so real, R-E-A-L. Um, it's basically just kind of baby steps to like set up for people supporting each other the way that we naturally want to. So first of all, R, rate. On a scale of one to 10, what's your day looking like? One, it absolutely sucks. Bottom of the barrel, 10, cloud nine. I mean, Cloud 10, whatever. Where are we landing on your number scale today? Hmm. Can I have two numbers? That was a question I did have for real. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I think that's breaking the rules. It's but, bending the rules. Okay. Yeah, okay. Like my first number intuitively was an eight, but there's also a part of me that's like a two or three. Mm. I love so, that answer so much. And that's like 50 50. It's not yeah. like, and so what I, so now I'm in the explain. Yep. So oh, yeah, he is so, explained. So, a little rundown on your on your number. Right. So I really, there's some really awesome things happening. Like today, a radio show. Like I have my big anniversary party tomorrow. Like so many great things. 
And so I'm really genuinely excited about that. And then on the other side, I have some stuff personally. Um, my husband is dealing with some stuff and I, I feel like we're going backwards instead of forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm not here to share history, but I'm trying to be the support and figure that out, but it's very scary. Um, yeah. And we just keep finding more things that we have to deal with from situations that happen this summer. So that's very stressful. Um, So I have that side. So it's like, I really do feel like I'm like yin and yang, like great and bad, which I think is kind of like. Oh yeah. The number of times that I have, like I am a two and a nine. (laughs) It's like the the two numbers really. Yeah. And that sounds like, and did you say it's eight and two or did you say seven and two? Eight and two, I think. Yeah. Like, that sounds exactly right for both of them. Mm-hmm. So, rate, explain, ask. Um, in this little time of feedback, what what kind of support are you looking for? Like, what would you love to walk away having had happen? Yeah, that's a great question. My tendency lately is to over-focus on all the good things and just be like, well, oh, yeah, all this is bad over here. But look, I have all this stuff. And it's almost starting to feel artificial. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be... That person that's like, I'm great. Everything's fine. Meanwhile, they're like, the house is on fire <laughs> and like <laughs> children are running naked and all sorts of things. I mean, nothing wrong. With, well, I was going to say nothing wrong with naked children, like your naked children. And anyways, that's going in a bad place that I did not intend. So what I'm asking for is any ideas or thoughts on how to be authentic with acknowledging the good and the bad, but like showing up, like how do I manage, how do I get the, what's the duality in my brain of, I feel really good right now. And maybe this is the route I'm processing as I'm talking. I feel really good right now and I'm really excited and I have guilt that I feel good because Mm. I have all this other stuff that Mm. I should probably be crying and like in the fetal position. Mm. So my question is, what is my question? How do I wrap my brain around the duality of it? And how do I, my biggest fear is that I'm fooling myself that I'm okay when I'm not. Mm. So how do I? This so is just me. L. Ah, thank you. Yeah. L for listen, right? Mm-hmm. So now's your chance to listen and to receive what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and you're welcome to get us back on track if we stop start getting off track at any point. Mm-hmm. My, my first thought is like, you are already doing it. Like you just sat down in the course of three minutes or whatever, you rated your day, you accepted the high part, the low part, and you, you already said, here's what's going on. Like, Mm -hmm. this is my honest to God perspective of what's happening right now. And you can, you, you already are doing the duality (laughs) and both are real and both make sense. And, and I would be, I would be shocked if you were not having two feelings based off of like our personal conversations, like that is very reasonable. To have two feelings mm. for prolonged periods of time. But I don't <laughs> like it. Oh, they're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they suck. Mm-hmm. But they're real. Mm-hmm. And it would be, it, it makes so much sense that they are there. And the eight feelings also make sense. Like mm-hmm. you can't really function very well at two. Mm-hmm. And there are good things too. So yeah. like, here's my question is like, if I, if we're swapped out and I'm like two, really hard day for me. But eight, also really good things. But I feel really guilty about the eight. What would you tell me? Oh, turning around on me. What you just said to me. <laughs> <laughs> Both things right. can be true at the same time. And 
there's a time and place to honor all of it, right? Mm-hmm. And the two doesn't take away. It's kind of what I tell my kids. Like when I say one person, so X, Y, Z, another one's like, you don't love me. Mm-hmm. Like there's a time and place for the eight doesn't mean that it affects the two, right? Like you can you can honor and accept the two and honor and accept the eight. Yeah. And they both can be true. But why? I would say, I don't know. Can I do feedback? Yeah, okay. yeah, I think um, just coming from a similar place where like you are the strong one mm-hmm. and it's a lot of pressure. And I think you can't, for me, I don't know about you, I can't operate at a two and be the strong one. Right. I just can't like do daily life at a two and still show up and support everyone, still move my business forward. Mm-hmm. So I would say like there's a, a solid an amount of like, I don't want to say delusion because you are like acknowledging it, but like moment to moment delusion mm-hmm. of just like, this is what I'm focusing on right now. And I'm not, I, I really don't have the time and space mm-hmm. to like sit in the two yeah. feelings right now. Like I, I can't break down. I can't, I can't, I, you know, yeah. my kids need me, my husband needs me in my business. So I would just say like don't don't feel guilty about it because you're you're surviving and that is that's what surviving is Mm -hmm. and I'm sure your body will let you know in a couple years hey there's all this stuff that you (laughs) forgot about that we have not forgot about that we'd like to deal with I think it's like a landscaping project in the backyard like congratulations you have three tons of dirt dumped at the side gate (laughs) great so you've got some time like this is a two-year project if you want to space it out just do it every weekend or something just take a barrel wheelbarrow Mm -hmm. over here put it down go on about your life like Mm -hmm. just it's not like the dirt's not there but like you've got time and this is this is just time consuming for everyone involved it is yeah for sure that's great advice and you are kicking ass you are you are kicking See, this is why everyone needs to come to this group because <laughs> you get pumped up just like you said I did to you. Everyone in the community. And that's the thing that's beautiful is it's not just the two of you. It's everyone in the community right. that is aligned. We have clear guidelines. Um, people, I think, very quickly, you'll have to tell me, opt in and opt out. Like, if it's not for them, it would be quickly. So, I guess the one thing I'd say on that is, like, you have your freedom and your boundaries. Like, come to as many or yeah. as little as you want. Share yeah. as much or as little as you want. Like, yeah. you don't have to go deep. If you're like, mm, I'm kind of stressed about work today. I had a bad lunch today and I didn't like my lunch. And I'd like to talk about the lunch (laughs) that I had that I did not like. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're in charge of the whole process. And like, I think beyond the meetings, like having that personal responsibility and like hit two hands on the wheel. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's important. But thank you for, thank you for running a reel with us here. And and obviously last week too, but like you're, you're an incredibly kind and open person. Mm. And I think you doing that first helps a ton of people more than you will possibly see yes. in your lifetime. Oh, thank you. I hope so. I hope this helped give our audience a better idea of what to experience so that it takes some of the mystery and anxiety. So that um, I was listening, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I was listening to somebody. Oh, okay. This is a story. And then I know we have to wrap up, <laughs> then we will. There was a lady on the Today Show. This is going to, I'm going to land the plane, I promise. There was a lady on the Today Show that she went through the pandemic. Um, Well, before that, she had social anxiety and she got really nervous meeting people. Mm. She was single and living in New York City. The pandemic hit. She was Mm. in her apartment, got super depressed through 2020. So she decided in 2021, maybe 2022, she was going to step outside of her comfort zone and have a sandwich with a stranger every week, I think. 
maybe every day, but I feel like it was every week. Wow. So she made all these random connections. She would go out her way for strangers, invite them to, to sandwiches. And she met all these incredible people, all these things. And she said every single time to this day, she's still doing it. She gets so nervous and butterflies in her stomach <laughs> and is like, like, what is going to happen of the unknown? And she said, eventually your feet just start to move in the direction you need to go. And mm-hmm. all you have to do is show up. So my advice to anybody considering the RAF project is mm-hmm. just let your feet or your fingers go to the Zoom link and show up <laughs> because you you definitely won't regret it. So That's so You're good. a really nice person. We get, we get so much out. We need it. That's oh, the thing. Mm-hmm. Our members yeah. are so smart, and I've gotten so many like light bulb moments that completely changed my life from people who are just like they'll never know that they did that and had that like mm-hmm. impact. But they helped me not be numb. Like I literally yeah. host mm-hmm. a thing and check in with myself three times a week, and it feels great. That's awesome. Kind of so great. It feels great on the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the other exactly. Doing the work is hard. Okay, so in wrapping up, how if people want to learn more about the RAS project, how do they get connected with you? Where do they follow you? All the things. Yeah, so we're basically um, everywhere but Twitter <laughs> at the Raft Project. Um, so like, yeah, just how you would think you would spell it. Mm-hmm. And um, Andy and I are Andy Izzard. Kayla Izzard. Um, and so, but the website is www.theraftproject.com. And TikTok feel the free to, project. yeah, TikTok. Um, feel free to DM us. We, we, I mean, obviously we love to have conversations. So. I love it most. So. Yeah. yeah. DM Andy. It'll <laughs> yes. be great. Just don't give him your business card. Yeah. No. Unless he asks. You won't get one. So yep. you can ask. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but I'd still like to talk. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this conversation today. I really appreciate it. Thanks we for joining you, me. We oh, love you, guys. Jen. Thank you so you much for doing this with us. This has been amazing. Absolutely. You have been listening to the Messy Middle Podcast and Radio Show, presented by Mother and Founder Co. We hope you have found a few pieces of wisdom to help you navigate your own messy middle. Be sure to subscribe to The Messy Middle on your favorite podcast platform and follow Jen Burwell and Mother and Founder Co. on Instagram. Remember, beginnings are usually scary and endings can sometimes be sad, but it's the middle that counts the most. Until next time, stay curious, kind, and messy.